Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to our podcast. My name is Daniel. My wife, Megan, and I are the location pastors here at Destiny Church, Nuremberg Region. We know that today's message will bless and encourage you because the Bible tells us that the Word of God is alive and active. If you want to connect in with us, be sure to subscribe to this podcast, follow us on social media, or visit our website at destinychurch.de. Let's get into the Word. glad to be here, um, Melissa and I, and, and uh, I, I've preached in many situations and many places in my life, but I have to be honest, I think this is the first time I've preached in the field. I've preached in basements, I've preached in prisons, I've preached in, in uh, all sorts of places, but never in a field. But this is right, like Mike said, this is uh, how it all really began, right? And in fields, I remember George Whitfield was kicked out of the Anglican Church, and and they wouldn't let him preach in any buildings. He said that's okay, and he just went to fields, and people would gather by the thousands. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. Hold it, hold it. Move my hand up. Oh, I got you. Okay. <laughs> and so, so meeting in the fields was how one of the great revivals uh, known to man started, and. And uh, one, one great revivalist, he, he was kicked out of all the church buildings as well. And he decided that he would start preaching in, uh, in cemeteries. And he would find the highest tombstone. And he would preach on top of the tombstones. And people would come and sit on all the different tombstones and listen to him preach. And I just know that when you got something good, the gospel is called the good news, that you can preach it anywhere. People will come because they need answers and they need hope. And they need life, and so we're just glad to be here and be a part of your your uh, your uh, your your camping experience. It's been good. Um, so, a woman woke up one morning and she said to her husband, "She said, honey, you're not going to believe it, but I had this amazing dream last night." He said, "You had a dream? What what was it?" She said, "I had a dream that you you bought me pearl necklace." a beautiful pearl necklace. And she goes, what do you think that means? And he said, well, sweetheart, you'll, you'll know tonight. And she was so excited, so she could hardly stand it all day long. She was anticipating him coming home. And sure enough, he came home. He had a little package. It was all wrapped up. And he said, here you go, sweetheart. Here's a gift for you. And she goes, oh, my goodness. Oh, thank you, thank you. And she unwrapped it as fast as she could, and in it was a book, and it said, How to Interpret Dreams. <laughs> anyway, so we are glad to be here, and one of the things I want to just say, have you ever been in a situation, a question for you, have you ever been in a situation where you just didn't feel like you belonged in that situation? Raise your hand. Come on, you've been in a situation, you just didn't feel like you belonged. I was, one day I was at the house, and uh, but my wife had a bunch of ladies come over to the house, and uh, as they they sat there, I was just in the room with them, and as they were talking, uh, they started talking about having babies, and uh, they started talking about labor and pain and all that kind of stuff and lotions and you know all cravings, and after a while, I just felt like I didn't belong. You know what I'm saying? I I just kind of made my way out of the room. And uh, sometimes I feel like 
Maybe that's what maybe as a Christian we feel like. We feel like we live in a world that sometimes we don't even belong. And can I just say to you that that's probably an okay thing to feel. Because even Jesus himself said it like this. He says, you are from below, but I am from above. He says, you're from below, but I am from above. He would say another time uh, in the book of Deuteronomy, the Lord would say to us, he says, you are like an eagle that stirs up its nest, hovers over its young, spreads its wings to catch them, and carries them aloft. We, we believe that, and you believe as you read your scripture, that we live in a world that we're pilgrims. We're just kind of passing through. But there's, a, there's a, another world, a spiritual world, that we're a part of that is more real than the world that we can actually see right here in front of us. That we are like Jesus in the sense that we're from an above world. Uh, we live in an above world and a spiritual world, even though we live in the earth. And so I believe that God is always calling us to come to his world and to see things from his perspective. God was always telling Moses, Moses, come up higher. Come up to the mountain. I want to show you something. I, I, he, he went up to the mountains so many times that he was, he, was, I, he was probably exhausted, the poor guy. Every time he turned around, God said, come up to the mountain. I'd be like, can we just kind of meet down here sometime? I just, I'm tired of this mountain climbing. But I believe if you want to really get God's perspective, you have to go to another place. That's why we even called our church Summit Church, because we believe God's called us to look at things from his perspective. And if we get his eyes and his perspective in the things of life, then everything changes. It's a game changer. And that's why he likens us to that of an eagle. I'm glad that the Lord calls us like an eagle and not a chicken. How many would say that? That's a, probably a better part of the deal. I, I thought about the chicken and the eagle a little bit, and a little comparison I kind of came up with. You know, a chicken eats garbage, uh, and he's satisfied with just the garbage you throw him. Uh, we used to have chickens in the farm and stuff like that, and that, that's just all the trash that we didn't want, we gave the chickens. But, but eagles, they only eat fresh meat. Chickens are confined to a pen. In other words, just the, the, not the, the law. They're bound to just the law. But a, a Christian, a strong man of God, soars above the clouds with the freedom that God has given them in the spirit. Chickens can be domesticated. They get in broods and a bunch of cloud, crowds. They, they like being together, but not an eagle. An eagle likes to be by himself. And I want to just give you six characteristics of eagles this morning. Because I believe that is what God has called us. There's, you know, you can look at different parts of nature and find spiritual truth right through all of nature. And I want to just give you some comparisons of eagles today that I believe pair out into our life. Number one, eagles have incredible vision. A, a, an eagle can see something, in American words, is two miles away. I think two miles is what, like three, a little over three kil kilometers? Is that right? So they can see over three kilometers away. So, so an eagle can see a, a mouse over three kilometers away, and, and when he sees this little varmint that he wants to eat, he does not take his eyes off of that and flies for three kilometers all the way 
until he finally picks up this, this piece of this animal. It's amazing the eyesight that they have. They have actually a, a, a pair, another pair of glasses, like sunglasses. Not, and other animals don't have it. They have another like lens that comes down over their eye so they can literally fly into the sun and stare at the sun and it doesn't hurt their eyes. I, I think about that, just the eyesight of an eagle, and I, and I think, wow, that's what a Christian really is, right? We, 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 we focus on what the Lord has put in front of us and we don't take our eyes off of it. We don't look to the left, to the right, but we focus and we go after the goal, the dream, the plan that God has set before us. And these eagles are born high up in the air on the edges of cliffs and on mountaintops. And when this eagle is born, it begins to realize that it, it was born with a different perspective of other things in the world. It's born with this ability to see from another level. And I want you to know that I feel at home and you should feel at home when we look at things from a heavenly dimension. God is asking us to look at things through his eyes. How many have ever been angry and upset and mad at somebody? And then you have a little talk with Jesus and he gives you his eyesight and everything changes, right? Suddenly you start having love for this person you didn't like just a few minutes ago. Suddenly you start showing mercy to someone that you were angry with just a few minutes ago. And so when you take on the heavenly dimension or the eyesight of God, negativity no longer is your home. Discouragement is no longer your home. Fear is no longer your home. Uh, 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 stress is no longer your home. Hopelessness and fear no longer your home. Why? Because you are above, come on, the situation, walking and living in a heavenly realm. What would Jesus say? When you pray, pray like this. Thy kingdom come on earth as it is how? As it is in heaven. In other words, the way I'm supposed to walk in the earth is hearing and seeing what God is doing in the heavens and, go, and coming down and walking it out in the earth. That's why God would call Moses all the time. He said, look, I'm going to show you a picture. It's called a, a tabernacle. We would call it the tabernacle of Moses. He goes, here's, here's, it's going to have three different sections. It's going to have tents around. It's going to have holy place, the outer court, holy of holies. And he said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take this blueprint that I'm showing you way up here, and I want you to go way down there. And if you will build down there, what I'm showing you up here, I will come and I will live in the thing that you build down there. And if we will hear what God is saying in the heavenlies and then walk it out in the earth, God will come and inhabit our lives and walk out our purpose. Isn't that good news? Come on, somebody say, that's good news. Turn to your neighbor, tap him on the shoulder and say, wake up. Say, wake up, sorry. Wake up. Also, while you're talk, talking to your neighbor, tell them you look pretty good for camping for three days. I mean, just you're looking pretty good. <laughs> uh. Eagle Christians. Eagle Christians can believe God for things that other people cannot because they have the eyes of Christ. They have, they have vision. Vision for their own lives, vision for their family, vision for their church, vision for their city, vision for their region. An eagle has vision. 
And if you are going to be likened as to an eagle, God wants to give you his vision. And he wants you to see what he sees. He's always saying, like Ezekiel, Ezekiel, look, what do you see? Well, I don't see nothing but dry bones in a valley. And God says, no, it's not dry bones. Prophet, I speak to it. Declare the word of the Lord over it. Now what do you see? Oh, I see an army. You see what I'm saying? You can see things with your eyes or you can see things with his eyes. And when you see things with his eyes, it's a game changer. I want his eyes. Number two, an eagle stirs up its nest. When the little eaglet is born, the mother feeds that eaglet four times a day. It uh, is fully feathered by nine weeks. And after about 10 to 12 weeks, it just um, was, just stays in the nest for about 12 weeks, 10, 12 weeks. But at the bottom of this nest, it's so soft. It's filled with feathers and moss and grass and all these things that this mother has uh, created for this little eaglet. What is amazing that this nest is, we would call it nine feet wide, almost three meters wide. And, and, and it, is, it weighs two tons or 2,000 kilograms. Can you imagine a nest? That's a big nest. And every year, the, the eagle uh, makes it uh, a foot higher. In American metrics, we call it a foot. I don't know what that is in whatever y'all have in, in Europe. But they add, they add another level to the nest. And it gets higher and higher. We were just walking in your little community and see all these pelicans or whatever. Storks, I mean, huge nest. That is, that is like nothing compared to a, a, an eagle's nest. And so they make this beautiful nest. And then mom, after about 12 weeks, mama comes along and she starts tearing up the soft feathers and moss and starts picking up and starts pulling off to the side. And now, now little Eaglet Jr., he's like getting pricked on the sharp sticks and, and things are getting uncomfortable. And little Junior's like, What's, what you doing, Mom? You, you're making things uncomfortable. And, 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 but Mama's got a plan because Mama doesn't want little Eagle Junior to sit in a nest his whole life. So she's got a plan to get Junior out of the nest. Come on, somebody. <laughs> and so these sticks become rough for this little eaglet. And the Lord wants you to know that you were not made to sit in a nest your whole life. You weren't made to sit in a church and just do church. You were made to live and to soar as an eagle. You were meant to fly. You were created to share Christ. In fact, he, he would tell us, Jesus would say, one of the last things, go into the world and preach the gospel. He didn't say, hey, y'all, stay in a nest and just hang out and be comfortable. Go into the world. And then you know what the disciples did? They didn't go anywhere. For 60 years, they stayed in Jerusalem and never went anywhere. Finally, God allowed a ruler called Nero, the Roman emperor Nero, a wicked man who hated Christians, to come to power and he began to persecute the Christians in Jerusalem. And suddenly, suddenly they start going. The nests start getting a little prickly. And they start going and doing what God had told them to do in the beginning. I remember when I was 26 years old and I was renting a house from a couple in our church. And there was a swimming pool outside. And 
man, I have my own pad. It was, it was beautiful. It was nice. And the Lord spoke to me one day, and he goes, look at that beautiful swimming pool. Isn't that nice? I said, yeah, it's nice. Thank you, Lord. He goes, but that swimming pool is not for you. I said, what do you mean, Lord? He goes, I've called you to go into the world, not sit around a pool. Now, there's nothing wrong with a pool. But, but I would lost sight of my purpose. And, and so I said, you're right, Lord. And so I, I went and I found the poorest part of our city. And I went and got a, an apartment in the poorest part of our city. And I began to just evangelize this, this part of the community and love on these people. Man, it was, it was, I felt so unhappy and so I was filled with so much joy. I would come home and there was no pool. There was nothing pretty about where I lived. It, it was a hard place to live. But guess what? People, be, I began to have conversations with them about Jesus and, and, the, and they had no idea the eagle had landed. Come on, somebody. The eagle had built its nest right where it needed to be built. And the number third thing that, what the eagles do is they hover over their young. They hover over its young. So when the eagle is born, mama gets over the, the little eagle, uh, Junior, and spreads her wings and protects it from the storm and, and the rain and the elements. And little eagle, say, he's just like getting fed by mama and getting covered up by mama and just, man, just loving this whole experience of, of, of life. And, and, then, and then suddenly... Around the 10th or 12th week, little eaglet wakes up, and mama slaps him across the head with her wing. Just like, Phew. It's like, what's up? Phew. And she starts beating her child with her wing. And so little Junior's like, what you doing, mama? What you doing? She crawls up on the edge of the nest to get away from mama beating her. You see, let me tell you something. Sometimes God stirs you up a little bit to get you uncomfortable to get you out of the nest sometimes you go god why why are you doing this why are you allowing this i i rebuke you satan in the name of jesus get behind me i shouldn't be having this problem this situation and god's like hello you weren't supposed to be spending your whole life in this one spot. There's things and places that you need to do and go to. And so little Junior starts getting up and, 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 and getting on the edge of, 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 the, little, of the little nest and starts, and starts like saying, this, anything would be better than being beat up by my mama. And so she's looking over the little eaglets, looking over the, the cliff and going, those rocks down there may not be bad. It just a fall off this thing might not be a bad thing. So the little eagle is up there on the edge of the nest and, and, and is wondering what she should do. And, and, and mama crawls up on the edge of the nest with her, uh, the little junior. And little junior, by instinct, just crawls on top of mama's back. And mama starts taking off. Little junior's now left the nest on mama's back. And man, Little Eagle Jr. is just going, Woo! Look at this! I didn't know there was all this around. And looking down and seeing the beautiful forests and the beautiful fields and all this stuff and just having a wonderful time on the back of his mama. And, and then, then, then suddenly something happens that's like very 
strange. Let me, before I tell you what happens, let me just tell you this about eagles. Eagles mate for life. When, when, when Mr. Eagle meets Mrs. Eagle and they decide to get married, it's a lifetime gig. It's not like I'm going to try you out for a while. It's forever. But, but Mrs. Eagle will not marry Mr. Eagle just because he shows up and looks cute. She, she tests him. And so Mrs. Eagle sees that, well, Mr. Eagle here is kind of showing him a little interest. And so she'll get a stick and she'll fly 15,000 feet up in the air. And Mr. Eagle is following her because he's in love with her. And she drops a stick 15,000 feet up in the air. And he soars down. He catches the stick and he flies back up to her. And about 10,000 feet, she drops it again. And he soars down. He grabs the stick, takes it back up to her. About, you know, 5,000 and then 1,000. And then about 500 feet, she's just barely up there. And she drops that stick. And before that stick can hit the top of the trees, he swoops down and grabs that stick. And when she sees him at 500 feet take that stick, she realizes, this is my man. He, he, he passed the test. And so Mrs. Eagle flies up high up in the air one more time. And Mr. Eagle comes up and they grab talons together, their claws together, and they start free falling. And while they're free falling, Mr. Eagle is just with his beak, is just rubbing the back of her neck while they're falling down through the sky. They're having a romantic moment. It sounds like death to me, but they're having a romantic moment. And right before they get to the ground, they let go and they soar one back to time back up to the, high, the heavens. And then they grab talons again. And this time she starts massaging his back with her beak. And he's like, "Woo! come on, somebody. I finally got my eagle. And, and when he realizes that she was like massaging his back, come on, somebody. I, some, some ladies, y'all need to massage your husband's back. You just... Just get, he needs a little beak from time to time up on his neck. Come on. And these fall, falls down, they fall down, they let go right before they hit the ground. They go up the third time. And that and the third time it means this is it. And they begin to mate. They are now married for life. So going back to now, Mrs. Eagle's got Eaglet on the back and she soars way up high. And so she's got to teach Junior how to fly. So she turns, and little Eaglet falls off of her back, and he just begins to fall. And he's, he's just trying to figure this out. What's happening? What do I do? And he looks ugly. He looks awkward. He looks, you know, dumbfounded, and he's just trying to figure it out. He's falling, 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 and he can't figure it out. He's about to hit the rocks, and then Mr. Eagle swoop, swoops down and catches Junior on his back. Junior's like, whoa. Man, that was, that was terrifying. What happened? And he takes him way up high. And then guess what he does? Does that. And little eagle's falling again. He's falling. He's trying to figure it out. What do I do with these things, these feathers? What do I do? And he's trying to. And mama comes and swoops and catches him right before he hits the rocks. They do this about five to 15 different times until finally Junior figures it out. They flip him on his back, off their back. And suddenly, and 
And the eagle is now begin to walk into his destiny. The sad part is, every great once in a while, little Junior refuses to fly. And after so many times, Mrs. Eagle realizes, my little child's not going to fly. And Pops takes the eagle up one more time. And she soars down and she literally watches her child fall to the ground because he refuses to walk into his destiny. I believe, though, this morning we have a bunch of eagles here. How many eagles we have in the field? Come on, this afternoon. How many eagles? Raise your hand if you're an eagle. Come on. Turn to your neighbor, tap him on the shoulder, and tell him you're an eagle. Come on, you need to fly. You're an eagle. I'm going to have uh, our keyboard player come and as we get ready to wind down. But here's the last thing I want to share about eagles. And this, of all the things, this is my favorite. Eagles live to about 120 years. That's a long time. 120 years. And, but at, at around age 60, something amazing happens. This eagle goes back to the place where he was born. That place, maybe it was on the side of a cliff. He hadn't been there for 60 years, but he goes back home. And he sits there where he used to live, where he was born, and he begins to, with his beak, pull his feathers out of his body. His wife, Mrs. Eagle, she helps him and pulls the feathers out of his body until there's no more feathers in his body. And then he takes his beak, his head, and turns against the rock and begins to pound his beak up against this rock as hard as he can until finally the beak breaks off of his face. And then lastly, Mrs. Eagle helps him and grabs his talons and begins to pull his nails off of his feet. He's there awkward, he's there ugly, he's there with nothing. He, he's helpless. Mrs. Eagle goes, gets him some honey and brings back some honey and drops it into his mouth. And this he sits there on the edge of this cliff where he was born for about 30 days, sometimes three or four months. It's just, it's just weak and looks terrible and it's defenseless. But over the course of those time, that time something marvelous, miraculous in fact happens. The feathers start growing back, new, brand new feathers. And, and a new beak begins to form and new talents begin to come to his feet and something he never had before two sacks under his wings that would begin to secrete oil that would cause the feathers to be oily and to um, never get dry or brittle again he never had it before and what happened is God took an old eagle 
and he made it young again. And that's why I love the scripture where it says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and they shall mount up on the wings of an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They will walk and they will not faint. That is what God does to the eagle that waits upon the Lord. I once I said, Lord, I need to be renewed in my strength. I prayed that prayer. I said, God, I, I, I've been in this thing for a while, but I feel like I need, I need some new wings. I need some new claws. I, I, I need some new oil. And I cried out to the Lord, and I said, God, would you renew my strength? Would you allow me one more time to mount up with the wing of an eagle, to soar to new places, to new heights, to see and experience new things in you? And the Lord did, and the Lord will. And as we close this afternoon, I, I believe there's some eagles here that need some renewed strength. Uh, you just, nothing wrong with you. You just, you just feel like, I need a fresh touch from the Lord. I, I need a fresh anointing. I, I, need, a, I need a fresh vision. I, I, I feel I've gotten a little stale. I, I've gotten a little comfortable. And I want the Lord to renew my strength. And so as the worship team begins to play and sing another song, if you just feel like, man, you know, that's me, JP. I, I want the Lord to renew my strength again. I, I want to be like that eagle. I, I want the Lord to touch me one more time. And I, I would just love the honor of my wife and Daniel and Megan to, just to pray for you. So if that's you, while they begin to pray or play and sing, we want you to come down. We're going to pray for you. We're going to encourage you. We're going to speak life into you. And we're going to watch you leave this campground never the same again. Amen? So, Father God, we thank you. We thank you for life. We thank you for renewed strength. We thank you for, Lord, a vision. We thank you for your hand upon us. As we submit ourselves to you today, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you come and you visit us and you move upon us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Would you just come? Come, just get up out of your seat. Let us pray for you this morning.